0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Guide Culture Podcast. Before we get started on this episode, we want to let you know about the next in-person session. We are so excited to be able to bring the people together. We have moved the session from June to July 16th, 17th, and 18th. We are so excited to be back together with everybody We moved it from June to July, just so that you could have more certain travel plans, knowing that things are really gonna be more stable in July than they will be at the beginning of June. Yes, absolutely. We are gonna do everything uh, we know to do to take precaution. Less people will be coming, and we're gonna sanitize in between each session. And fam, I just cannot encourage in-person enough The more I do this and the more that we see people come to online and then they come in person and we kind of see the trend of people that repeat it and especially come to the in-person session, their results are just tenfold. The way they understand the material, they experience the material and they really get that side-by-side coaching to be able to take it and run. Do everything you can to be here. I'm sure you're going to want to get out by then for sure. We cannot wait to see you at the in person or the online session. Can't wait. Well, it is the month of May of 2020, and that is my birthday month. It's also Catherine's birthday month. So I, she's, I'm not allowed to say my birthday month. I have to say our birthday month. At the end of the month, we turned the same age on the same day, which is wild. And I don't know about you, but I, I tend to get really reflective on the month of May. I start thinking about the past year. You know, I'm a whole year older. What have I done in the last year? You kind of just, you become a little more self-aware. And I was journaling May 1st and I instantly just started journaling about kind of the last year, but also really the journey of entrepreneurship and uh, kind of just talking through some lessons that I've learned building a business uh, by the age of 27. And I, so I'm turning 28 coming up. And so I, I wrote out like seven things very, very quickly. They came They came out like butter. Okay, like silk. They just flowed, these seven things. And it quickly just turned into, oh my gosh, these are seven things that I've learned building a seven-figure business by the age of 27. And it's wild because the more that you know and the more that you learn, the more you realize how much more there is to learn and how much more there is to know. So there is such a long way to go here. Okay. But I do want to share kind of the the points that I have, the seven things that I've learned building this seven figure business by the age of 27, because I just feel like it could possibly kind of get you ahead and, and maybe you can learn some things before I learned and get ahead of me. And I'm just so honored to share these with you. You know, it's been about three, three and a half years of entrepreneurship, and then about two years of guide culture. So it's, it's happened very quickly. And, uh, I don't, Really know what has happened. There's still so much to happen. What I do know is I have these seven lessons that are kind of scolded in my brain. Uh, And the process of learning these lessons, guys, it's honestly the best part, the journey, the process. It is so much fun. And I just want to encourage you to just really focus on enjoying that process of learning these lessons. There have been so many things that have gone terribly wrong in the last three years. And I remember Loy kind of just saying, hey, you'll never forget this lesson that you've learned. And and he is right, and so hopefully these uh, these points and the stories that go with these points will really help you. This is going to be a two part podcast, so this is part one. Part two is coming in uh, the next episode, and I hope you enjoy. The first lesson is to get help before you give up. Oh my gosh, guys! I will never forget. Spending an entire weekend watching YouTube videos on how to build an email list, like how to send emails, how to write emails, how to tag emails and schedule them and split test them and get people to subscribe your email list. Why an email list is important. I just sat in the middle of the living room in our very first home and I just felt like life was passing around me as I stayed in the same spot for the full weekend. And nothing else got done that weekend. Not not a single workout, not a single load of laundry, not a single meal was prepped, not a single bit of time set aside with my husband, absolutely nothing. And the night before I, I worked on Sundays in my last job, so that Saturday night, it was almost like the Sunday scaries where you just are have you kind of reflect on the weekend and you're like, man, like did I make the most of it? What have I done? Um, what do I have coming up this week? And I just remember feeling so down. I knew that these emails, this this piece of the puzzle was such a tiny little piece of the puzzle. I knew it was necessary, but I knew it was tiny. And I just thought, man, like this is about to be a very long uphill road. And I don't know if I can do this. I was not wrong. It absolutely is a long uphill road, but everything worth something is worth going uphill. So that was kind of the moment I was like, crap, like I got to get help or I'm not going to be able to do this. And If you've ever been in a place of just feeling like you don't know if you can keep going, I want to encourage you to start thinking about how you can get help. One of my deepest beliefs is that for a business to thrive, one of the most important things are good people. It's, it's not just something, it's everything. People that take massive ownership and are ready to learn and grow and want to be a part of something bigger. And while yes, those qualities are super important, it's, it's a huge deal when the leader is kind of selling those things, selling the idea of why they're being a part of something bigger and selling the idea of learning and groaning and ownership. And you can absolutely do that. That's a huge part of guide culture. I want to be honest, like if you were to look at our team, you'd be like, dang, that's a bomb team. And you're right it is. But I honestly feel like, and I'm not just saying this, I honestly feel like a huge reason of that is just that guide culture is so ingrained in us, the material. The reason it's called guide culture is because of that culture part. It really transforms a culture. We have a method which is the actual communication method. But the reason it's called culture is because that's like the true value of it. And, you know, people will come to guide culture and be like, your team is like amazing. The, t- the guide culture team is amazing. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. What I know is that the one consistent, consistent part, common denominator of the team has just been the influx of listening and learning guide culture material. And so if you are just kind of feeling discouraged and you really want to grow a team or you want to get some help and you and you think that maybe growing a team could really help with that. I want to encourage you to just go ahead and start thinking about that person, journal about them, imagine what they would do, what they're like where they live, what what their personality is like, what they enjoy, what they would take ownership of, what qualities they have, like go ahead and journal all of those specifics. And this is going to help your RAS kind of awaken. And your RAS is simply your reticular activation system. And all that means is that when you become aware of something, you see it more often so if you are test driving a Tahoe, you know, you're going to see the Tahoes on the road way more often because you are aware of it. And when you write down these qualities, you're going to kind of come in contact with people and you're going to notice them. You might, uh, you know, buy something at a cute boutique and you notice this this girl working there just goes above and beyond to help you and make sure that you are happy. And you're like, man, that's a quality that, that I would love to have. Or maybe you talk to a, a friend of a friend at a, at a Barbecue, and you just kind of like, man, like that person, uh, like she or he has the qualities that I would just would love to add on the team. And this is going to help you kind of get to a point when you're ready to add people on your team. You're going to already know who you want to ask. And a lot of times, when you are ready and you haven't gone through this process, it causes you to to almost reactively hire. Because when you're ready to have somebody on your team to really help you, you're really ready. You like want someone now because you want their help and you want them to help you build this empire and you just know that it's gonna make everything better. And so you'll just kind of hire just because you just want somebody and you're ready for them. When you kind of prepare ahead of time, when you actually become ready, you're gonna do it so much more intentionally, which is gonna save you in the long run. I would even encourage you just to be open to really recruiting people. You know, the reason people have a job and the reason that they are valued at their company is probably because they are great people and there's nothing wrong with approaching them and just seeing if they're happy and see if there's a way that they could be a part of something that's just starting and that they could be a part of something From the beginning, you just never, never know. And I think that you also, by doing this, uh, kind of journaling and thinking through who you would add on your team, you really start to show up as somebody who leads people. You know, uh, a lot of times we don't really see ourselves even having the capacity of having a team. We think, you know, man, I could never do that. It's so much responsibility, it's such a commitment. And you're right it is. But if you are always thinking about how you are going to lead people on a team one day, you're going to start just showing up in your day-to-day life as that person. So it's going to make you better. And it's also going to make your business better. There's a couple things that I could tell you uh, just to help. These are things I'm really working on personally to just help grow a team that's really connected. There's kind of three things that I personally am trying to stay focused on right now and that's one thing is just to let people know that you need them. Let them know that that they bring so much value to the table. Let them know that hey I know that you're really working on my dream kind of and and I'm just so thankful for you. You know, I really feel that way. I just feel like the people on the guide culture team, like I feel like God gave me a dream so big that I really either had to give up or get help. And I just, I could cry if I talk about it too much at the end of guide culture in-person sessions, I kind of just introduce the team and thank them. And I always get so emotional because I just never want, the, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. I want them to know that that I just appreciate them so much and I just value them so much. So don't ever let your appreciation for them Go unnoticed. The second thing I'm really working on, and I would encourage you to work on as well, is just keep the curiosity high. You know, ask them tons of questions. Set time aside to be very open and candid. Uh, we do these meetings every other month, uh, where I sit with everyone individually, and we each come th- with three things for each other. We come with something that we want each other to start doing, stop doing keep doing. And it's a little hard sometimes. And honestly, these meetings, they can get pushed to the side very quickly. We really try to keep them on the schedule no matter what. But just to like be very candid and just to know it's a safe place. Like I want to be told what I want, what they want me to start, stop and keep doing all day long. And of course, I come with the same thing. So really just prioritize understanding them rather than kind of directing them, uh, the people that you have. And I know the people that we have here on this team are just so much smarter than me and they think differently than me and they challenge me. Um, And it can be super hard to be challenged and to be told what they think when it's totally different than what I think. But it's so invaluable just to have people that really kind of, like I said, challenge you and aren't always saying Hey yes 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 they're saying hey wait 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 we call it shock coloring around here, uh, we can move really really fast and uh, they'll say hey we gotta we gotta shock color you for just a second we could slow down here and I'm I'm super thankful for it. The third thing that I'm really really just trying to work on and I think is really beneficial in a team is a gener- generosity just give first and give continuously and you know a way that I feel like. We do that here is one of the, the gener- generous things that, that I feel like we do at Guide Culture is we're just generous with, honestly, trust, <laughs> with time, and just with ownership and, and decisions. I, I feel like Guide Culture is a pretty free, our theme is to kind of be, be free here. We're free to make decisions, to try things, and to take ownership of things, Um, it's so tempting to be stingy and to be like, no, this is how I do it. This is how we've always done it. And this is how we're going to do it. Um, but you know, I've, I've never known a stingy person that has been able to connect well with people. I mean, have you ever known a stingy person that you're like, man, I just love them so much. I just like want to be with them all the time. I mean, I don't know anybody like that. So really being open-handed and just generous, uh, is going to help you connect better. One thing I'm personally kind of working on is just being a better listener, just keeping my mouth shut. It can be hard, especially when I think naturally I'm, I'm a driver and I just like want to get things done and I want them done quickly. And, uh, really I need to shut my mouth a lot of the time. So that kind of shot color myself to, close my mouth. Um, It's a way to be a gift to someone and to just let them be heard. So forever and ever working on making my life and your life one long gift to others. The second thing that I've learned of the seven things building a business by the age of 27 is that growth is greater than goals. Like there is no, every single day this is revealed to me of how true this is. I mean, goals are great. Don't get me wrong. Goals are amazing. But who you become is better. And when you get better, your business gets bigger. You know, we, of course, we have goals and we have, you know, things we want to hit. But I am not like super zeroed in on them. I'm more zeroed in on who I am becoming, not what I am doing. And that is what I see all the time in guide culture students. They come and they're like, okay, what do I do? I got to hit this. I got to hit this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But like, who are you becoming? Because that's how people follow you. And that's how people like want to be customers of you is because they're like, Hey, I see something in that person that I want to be. And so I'm going to get in their inner circle, you know, growth on the inside. It truly does fuel growth on the outside focus on becoming the right person is going to create the business that you want. I actually just had a discovery call with somebody. She had taken guide culture in January and she was doing a call cause she was like, Hey, I think I want to do the VIP. I want to, you know, people repeat guide culture all the time. So she did it in January. And then we just had this call in May. And, uh, she was like, I'm just, you know, I just feel nervous about like it not working. And, and, you know, I just kind of asked her a couple of questions and I was like, well, well, you know, what happened when you left after January after left guide culture? And she's like, oh, I just, you know, stripped everything that I knew. I really kind of started from the bottom. I started really focusing on my growth. I started, you know, really attracting some really special people that were the right people. And it was just amazing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And I'm like, well, have you, have you, did you hit your goals in January? She's like, oh yeah, I like blew them out of the water. I mean, that is amazing I'm so excited for you so happy for you and then we kind of just talked about her journey from January till May and you know you can you can almost get whiplash by different people's trainings you know especially if you're a part of a company and you know they they talk about hitting certain things and hitting certain things it's so easy to get sucked into that and so we were just kind of talking about and reflecting on how really focusing on the growth and who she was is exactly the thing that helped her hit her goals. And when you start shifting to focusing on the goals all the time and not the growth, you actually kind of struggle, I think, to hit the goals. And the thing about when you're focusing on growth versus goals, like even if you don't hit your goals, when you focus on growth, even if you just come under it or you barely miss it, you are always getting better. And if you're always getting better, you are always winning, always, you cannot lose when you focus on growth. So I have a couple of things that I tried to do to focus on being a growth-oriented person, and of course, these are things that I'm always working on. Always, I have three things here, and I think that they will help you. The first one is uh, to embrace change. Embrace. Okay, everybody, say it with me: one, two, three. Embrace change, not just like accept it, but embrace it. Growth means change that's what it means it's human nature to want to improve but also to resist change and that's just impossible that's human nature that's how we were made and being aware of that is half the battle like truthfully being aware of that of like hey i want to improve but i'm resisting the change Being able to kind of push through that is going to be huge. You know, we are created to just desire as much as possible, but we also want to expend and change as little as possible. So like I said, being aware of that is a huge deal. Get excited about change and embrace it and honestly look for ways to change. The second thing is that self-belief. Oof, in order to really add value to yourself, you have to see value in yourself, what I have seen is that what you think about yourself will determine the investments that you make in yourself. Let me say that again. What I have typically seen, you know, when I talk to people and who they they want to come to guide culture, but they're struggling with a couple of things, struggling with investment, is, is that the way you think about yourself determines the investment that you make in yourself. Your growth will also not exceed your growth investment. The personal growth that you have will not exceed your growth investment. If you're willing to bet on something, gosh, you should be betting on yourself. You're going to show up in a totally different way when you do bet on yourself and you will prove to yourself that you can do it and that you are worth it. And then the third thing that I'm always thinking about in terms of growth is just this layered learning. Layered learning is when one kind of life lesson layers on top of another and each lesson gets kind of more insightful. And the thing about growth is that it takes a lot of growing for just like a very little bit of showing. We have we have like a tree that we talk about in guide culture. It's called our Enthusiologist Tree. And if you look at the picture of the tree, it's like this big, beautiful tree with all these branches and you can be a shade tree for people and it's so amazing. But at the bottom of the tree, there's all these roots in the ground and in order for the tree to really grow big and strong and to become that big, beautiful shade tree, those roots have to grow for a long time before you see anything sprout, before you see anything. And you really can't force things to grow faster than the way that they're intended to. Like you can't force that tree to grow a certain way faster than the way nature wants it to, right? It takes time It takes intentionality and it just, it takes uh, just knowing like, hey, every day I'm committing to being better and to really just embrace it and enjoy it. The third thing that I have learned building a business by the age of 27 is to risk it all. Risk it all. I'm not even kidding you guys. Take a risk and watch a switch turn inside of you that you never. Knew existed. Honestly, taking a risk might be the very thing you need to get where you want to go. I'll never forget, there was like this moment of we were kind of looking at the guide culture space and we were thinking about renovating it and making it our office and our training space, you know, and we were deciding like, should we do it or should we not? And it was kind of ultimately my call. And I just remember sitting uh, in the office upstairs. I had this little room, it was full of boxes and this little table and just having this heart to heart with myself of like, okay, Macy, if you say yes, There is no going back. If you say yes, like, this is it. And I just remember... Saying yes and turning on like I have never turned on before and working at a pace and working at a level that I never Had before because he just had to right. There's a story about a guy. I can't remember his name I just listened about about him on a podcast All I know is he worked at a bank He was high up in a bank and he made very good money and he just like wanted to quit and be an investor Or excuse me He wanted to quit and be an entrepreneur and he wanted to invest some money to be able to be an entrepreneur and he now is, you know, wildly successful and has all this, these amazing companies and this amazing story. But he talks about how his first kind of big investment was $390,000. And people asked him, they're like, Hey, why didn't you just invest you know, 400,000? Why 390,000? And he said, it was because I, I gave every single penny that I had. If he had 400,000, he would have invested that. If he had 401,000, he would have invested that. And I just love that story. it's just like, he really risked it all. And in my opinion, guys, I would so much rather spend $100,000 in investing and risk, and risk, honestly, and make 100,000 than spend zero and make zero. Because the 100,000 that you did spend, it's going to catch up down the road. There's so many things that I invested in, you know, years ago that I feel like now I'm like, oh, I'm seeing the benefits of it. I'm seeing the results of it because of the investment that happened years ago. Now, did I make anything off that investment, you know, instantly? Maybe, but also maybe not. Am I reaping the rewards of that investment now? Yes. It compounds Risking and investing is honestly, it's just part of the game. And if I could tell you the one quality that I think is most important for an entrepreneur, honestly, I really feel like it's the ability and the confidence in taking risks and having the, the strong mindset while taking risks. And, you know, taking taking risks, it's, all, it's almost directly correlated. I feel like kind of how you grew up, you know, you either grew up with parents that, you know, just held on to every single dime and, you know, wouldn't, you know, do anything with their money other than just hoard it and save it which is great. You absolutely need to be saving money for sure. And then there's some of us that grew up with parents that were entrepreneurs possibly and did try things and had a lot of ups and downs. And you remember the ups and downs of your parents that were entrepreneurs. Uh, uh, Luckily, I had a a dad who was always risking stuff and always encouraged me to take risks. And I'm so, so thankful. If you grew up in a home that felt like didn't really take a lot of risks and you kind of struggled to wrap your mind around that, I just want to encourage you and just let you know that you can absolutely change the way that you think. It takes time, it takes energy, and it takes effort. But if that sounds, if you've been wanting to start your business, but you're really struggling with the idea of kind of taking that first step uh, because you just don't know what the reward is gonna be at the end, there, there is a way to kind of work through that. So much of entrepreneurship is really just working for things that you don't know what's on the other side. So that's just a part of it. Um, And if you need help with that, I would highly encourage you kind of looking into uh, the Life Coach School podcast. She talks a lot about uh, the way that you think and she talks a lot about, you know, how to change your thoughts so that you can change your results. And anybody who's really struggling with that, I think she, her name is Brooke Castillo. She's the queen, honestly. I think that she would really, really help you with that. All right, guys, this was part one of the episode. We're gonna talk about the last three things in part two of this series. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, we would love for you just to drop a review on our uh, podcast platform. Let us know what you love, what you want to hear more of. We love reading those reviews. They mean so much. And as always, take a screenshot of the podcast as you are listening and tag us on Instagram at The Guide Culture so that we can cheer you on. We can cheer you on and say thanks for listening. All right, guys. See you in the next one.